fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Habner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Die brought to you by the good people at the Rotor Street Journal, paving your way, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy, glory, excellence, titles, and all the other good stuff in between. I'm your host, Nat the Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Rotor Street himself. Very excited for our Thursday night football countdown preview show, week nine rankings, previews, all that good stuff. Pretty much everything you'd want to cover and probably a lot more. How you doing, Wolf? I thought I'd be doing a whole lot better. I had a great replacement plan in place for Aaron Rodgers. I think that's where we're going to lead off tonight. And this is where I was joking as we were getting right on air. This is where the the pains of being a a quote-unquote fantasy analyst come into mind. I tweet about the guy I'd love to play, and not even two seconds later, my opponent picks him up, and now I can't play him. Fucking sucks. Why don't we just get right into that? Why don't we? How are you doing, though, before we get in? I'm doing okay. I'm first place in my league, but it's like I kind of feel like I'm I'm balancing on a, a razor's edge kind of. Like my team has been decimated by injuries all year and I've been very savvy on the waiver wire and replaced guys and my team has remained good and I just feel like I I kind of smell getting in a little bit of trouble here coming up now. I don't know. I'm worried about some guys like Mike Williams and stuff like that. Is he going to keep producing? Because if he doesn't, like, you know, a couple guys like that start letting me down, I'm, I'm not going to be the best team anymore. So I don't yeah. know. I'm doing okay. You're hanging in there. Trust me. Because I don't but think I mean, this is your quarterback, and he is mine, and I'm in some fucking tough shape now. No. Mr. Aaron Rodgers. But, oh, it, but as far as my team goes, like, I did – I got Matt Stafford, who I'm very happy with. Oh, right? yeah. He's got a bye week coming up in, like, two weeks, and I was like, I should prepare for this now because I had Deshaun Watson stashed on my bench. And I was like, all right, he's worthless. Let's get rid of him. I'm going to replace him with a quarterback. And I actually picked up Tyrod Taylor, who I know is who you wanted to pick up to replace this prick. Um, and then oh, yeah. Stymied. 100%. The, the guy I want to uh, replace Aaron Rodgers with. Now, granted, the first option I'd have would be Taysom Hill. I don't know if he's already picked up in your league, Nat. Uh, but just to reiterate, with Jameis done for 2021, he's practicing in full today as we'll hit with the injury mailbag. This guy gets the Falcons this week. The ultimate pristine plan for Tom Brady on by for Aaron Rodgers being a complete and utter douchebag and lying about being COVID vaccinated. Oh, he said he was immunized. Yeah, saying I had I had the vaccine, saying and his whole high, high and fucking mighty. Right. I won't that, judge right. my teammates who aren't, but I am. That, that is a great way to put it, and that is why more more so than not getting the shot, the fact that just the high and mighty douchebaggery coming out of this guy's mouth. And also it kind of makes me wonder as Devonte Adams got COVID and then we were all, you know, kind of rolling our eyes at Alan Lazard for not being vaccinated and stuff. I wonder if Rogers like gave it to him. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Maybe just tanking. I have Rogers and Adam stack as I've talked about on the show a lot in my main league. Brutal. Just absolutely brutal to have the this COVID guy. stack. I'm like, if he doesn't want to get vaccinated, I mean, obviously, I think it's pretty stupid to be the face of an NFL franchise, like whether you believe it or not, or it's taking your freedom. I'm not here to be political. I think as a job requirement, you almost have to. But even then, okay, you don't want to do it. 
like be like Carson Wentz and just own the fact. Don't yeah, tell be like Kirk money. Cousins. And I never right? tell anyone to be like Kirk Cousins, but be exactly. like Kirk Cousins, yeah. douchebag. Complete douche, but at least he owns it. Like, don't be a lying douche. That that's the worst. I, I can't. All right, let's let's talk about the fantasy action as we get in there, folks. So if you haven't already, yeah. hit that thumbs up, share it out, retweet all that good stuff. I already talked about this last night, so I won't go in quite the depth. I went on last night. If you want a really full Aaron Rodgers replacement plan, CJ wrote a great one on the site, rotostreetjournal.com. But my number one is Taysom Hill. Shredded the Falcons last year for 27, 28 points. The last time he faced them, uh, he was the QB3, QB13, QB8, and QB11 in his four starts. QB6 across that span. I mean, the guy has proven it with his Konami upside. The safest option, in my opinion, is two tags. He's 45% rostered. So there's a good chance he's already taken up. But if not, they've had 126 pass attempts in their last three games. That's 42 per game. That, I believe, leads the NFL in that span. He was the QB 10 and QB 1 when he had the right matchup. Got swallowed up by Buffalo. They're also giving up the fewest points to QBs. So that's expected. That's what happens when you face Buffalo. But now he gets a golden matchup against Houston, giving the six most points. On the other side of the the ball, as we said at the top, the guy that I was hoping to get was Tyrod Taylor. Both of those guys were gone. Uh, and, and Tyrod Taylor had 24 points in his first start, QB 11, 17 in the first half of his second start, was on pace for 34 fantasy points, but then he got hurt. He had fi- he has 55 rushing yards in a TD already on the ground across those first two. So Konami upside with him. He was crushing it with over 70%. Uh, completion percentage, nearly 130 passer rating. The guy fit this offense like a glove. He would be a great option. Mike White Lightning tonight. Mike White. I, and I got to decide now because I missed out on Tyrod Taylor because my douchebag league mate saw my tweet and picked him up. Uh, I got to decide, do I play Mike White Lightning tonight? Fresh off 405 yards, three TDs, over 30 fantasy points, depending on your scoring setting. He had 12 straight completions to start the game. I mean, this guy looked damn good. I don't believe it. I, that's probably not where I'm going to go. I don't Maybe believe throws for four <laughs> touchdowns tonight and makes me truly regret it because my other options, number five, and, and Wolfpack, please weigh in on my QB dilemmas. I'll answer all your questions. As you know, get them on in. We already have 10 questions. Good stuff. Get them on in. We always hit them all. We had like 100 last week. It was great. Yeah. Uh, but Jordan Love, my next option there, Wolfpack, 7%. Uh, facing Kansas City, just kind of like the walked right into the the Aaron Rodgers role that I was hoping. He's got Adams. I have Adams on my team, so I think this is where I'm leaning. Just stack it up, roll the dice on this offense being the case. Because uh, if Adams sucks, my team's probably not going anywhere anyways this week. So facing Kansas City, second most points allowed. This guy does have some Konami upside with a 4-7-4-40. That's 75th percentile. The matchup's ripe. The weapons are there with Adams and Aaron Jones. I think I'm leaning I'm going to say this now, and then I get off air. He's probably going to be fucking gone. Oh, my league. Mates. Right, right, right. Huge bags. But I'm leaning right now, Jordan Love. Uh, it's really come down to him and Mike White as the, the top two options. So, Wolfpack, let me know what you think. Nat, you have any uh, strong opinion on that? Uh, I like Tyrod in general. But if I were you and I were trying to decide between White and Love, uh, I would probably lean Love. It would, but it would be cool if White was good, wouldn't it? I'd love that. I yeah, I mean, did. like, I just, you know, excuse me for being highly skeptical, but, uh, you know, I, I'm pulling for him. I hope he does well. Yeah. It'd be awesome if all of a sudden the Jets had this random superstar uh, after, what, 40 years of not having anybody good. <laughs> right, <laughs> after drafting a QB2 overall, too. I wonder what would happen if he goes out there and throws for 400 yards again tonight. Like, what do they do? With I mean, when the Jets look – the future, right? When the Jets look back at, like, the good old days and, uh, you know, when things were awesome – you're talking about the Mark Sanchez era. That's what they look back wistfully and be like, ah, I remember when we had Mark Sanchez. I mean, Mark Sanchez was terrible. 
awful. So anyway, um, yeah. yeah. So moving along. I, I like Tyrod. I mean, I'm, I'm a Pats also, fan, so I'm like pulling for Mike White, even though I hate the Jets. That's what I want to see. I, I'd love to see this guy just coming in like, Screw over Zach Wilson and take the job sure. and Why not? see what happens. I might talk myself into white lightning by the end of this podcast. Just because you want to watch him tonight, probably. I mean, exactly. also, that's added benefit for sure. It is benefit. And just as a closing thought, I'm biased towards Tyrod because I did go to Virginia Tech. So, uh, um, yeah. And you deserve to be biased. And that's who I would, I was hoping for. Again, I tweeted about him. He got scooped literally not a second. I, I, as you said before I went on, I got to, re- you know, reverse that order. I pick him up first. Then tweet about it next time. That was just stupid. How do I not know that after five years of doing this shit? Should have known. I get the kick in the balls. I deserve it. Let's talk quickly about Thursday All night. Right. Speaking of Mike White Lightning, right, I, I am five ECR above him. I do think he's a viable stream, as we talked about, given what we saw last week. I'd be more surprised to see him repeat or like even have a good game and compared to just crashing back to earth. I don't expect him to do really well. I don't think I'm going to be playing him tonight. But still, I, we saw more juice when you're down in that range of like the Mac Joneses and the I mean, Mac Jones has been okay too. So I guess I shouldn't lump him, but like Jimmy Garoppolo, Teddy Bridgewater. Like, I'll just go for Mike White. Let's roll the dice and see if this guy is actually legit. I also love, and most people know at this point, Michael Carter. I was down on him last week, but we saw in back-to-back weeks, Mike White has thrown 40% or more of his passes to the running back, 14 targets to Michael Carter. I think he's got to be in your lineups tonight, even if it is a tough matchup here against a good Colts linebacking core. And last but not least, with Corey Davis, doubtful. Uh, and, and that's, of course, Kevin Coleman's out. Just wanted to make sure to reiterate that. Right. Corey Davis is, at this point, probably already declared inactive. I think Jameson Crowder, a really nice stream, led the team in eight uh, catches, 88 yards, or 84 yards, rather. Last week, I think he steps right back into that number one role on an offense that just dinks and dunks and plays to Mike White's strengths. I think he's a solid stream, and you maybe even could squeeze something out at Elijah Moore, who had like a season high in catches yeah. last week under Mike White. That's just because this guy actually delivers the ball. So those are some interesting Thursday night football notes. You have it any uh, so, on that? <laughs> it is so hard to tell what to expect from this guy because you're you're like, oh, he delivers the ball. It's like, well, he did that one game that we've ever seen, <laughs> the, and you one know, time in his life, right? right? And I mean, it was shocking. It was shocking. They did it against a team that I was starting to get very high on. That has a legitimately good defense and the Bengals, right? Very briefly, the best team in the AFC. Um, so I don't know. I, I just I got to see it more than once. I might even need to see it more than twice, but. What yeah. I saw the first time was encouraging, and so we'll see. Indy, Indy is, when you speak about the defenses, they are softer defense than the Cincinnati oh, Bengals. Yeah. The 10th most points allowed, two quarterbacks, the bottom five in PFF's coverage grades. Like, he, he could repeat. I don't, again, I don't think it's going to happen, but he could. And I think I'm trying to talk myself into it. The more and more I keep talking about him, that I should play him here. I don't know. It, it's pretty gross, right. pretty disgusting. But we'll find out, folks. We will find out. All right. Well, let's talk some injuries because we have quite a few injuries leading into the week that should at least be mentioned, spoken upon. Some of them actually pretty major. Um, <laughs> not major injuries, but major players that are affected by these, including the return of a guy I spent $77 on in an auction. So let's get right into it. You mentioned Taysom Hill before. Uh, he's been down with a concussion for a while. He was upgraded to a full practice on Thursday and just in time, as we saw the horrific injury to Jameis Winston, which made us both sad. But anyway, he's almost certainly going to be a go. Absolutely. And I will rave about why I think that is so enormous this week. A little bit later when we get to higher lower Hill Mary. Right behind him, Dak Prescott. Safe to say he's going to be starting coming out of his mouth this week. Safe to say. And while we were talking about Mike White, we should have mentioned Cooper Rush just walking in and like beating right. the Vikings and looking like a legit starter too. What a weird week last week was. But nonetheless, it's obviously better to have Dak Prescott out there for all your Cowboys, for Dak Prescott's sake. 
right back into your top five quarterback set and forget, no doubt about it. All right, Texans coach David Culley said Tyrod will be starting week nine against the Dolphins. That was quick, came right off IR, and he's starting uh, right away, which I do think is the right move. I mean, Davis Mills was not exactly <laughs> was not checking all the boxes exactly. So we talked a little bit about Tyrod already. He's a go for week nine. And he could be a go in your lineups, as we talked about. We'll get to more of that in Hail Marys. And then Kyler Murray, he was sidelined for Thursday's practice. Cliff Kingsbury did say he does not need to practice to be able to be in your lineups. But we have seen significant drops in his fantasy points when he is not mobile, when he doesn't have those legs, dating back to last year. He's like the cheat code of all cheat codes. And then when he gets limited, he really comes back to earth and is like below average fantasy quarterback. I'd be a little bit wary. You got to make sure you're tracking this. If he gets no practices in and plays, I'd still be pretty skeptical of getting Kyler Murray in my lineups. All right, this is the biggest name as we go I to my fucking white potentially. I'd be right. more kidding Kyler Murray in my line. No kidding. <laughs> uh, biggest name on this list by far as we go to running backs. And before we hit running backs, smash the like button. Give us <laughs> give us love. Uh, share us. Tell your friends. But not any friends you're going against this week in fantasy. Um, Christian McCaffrey, hamstring issue. He's been dealing with since like, what, week three? I think he came out uh, in the first quarter of week three. Um, and he was a points machine before that. He finally practiced on Thursday. He's off the IR, I think, or like maybe not even officially off the IR yet. Remember, he flirted with uh, coming back like week six or so, and then I guess he had a setback of some kind. They're keeping an eye on him. Uh, it's day to day. My guess would be by Saturday he will be officially restored to the roster if he's coming back, and then we'll see. Uh, how? Just real quick, should you play him if he's available? Oh yeah, like no, if, no matter Christian what, Christian out there. You're playing, and there's no doubt about it. Like even if there's, we talked about this before. If they mention a limited workload, any, I don't care. It's Christian McCaffrey. He's the best player in fantasy for a reason. When he's healthy, now he's the most frustrating player in fantasy because he never seems to stay healthy these past couple of years, and he dicks you around. He doesn't go on the IR, then he is on the IR. There's a setback, then there's another setback. It sucks. But if he's out there, of course he's smash play. Okay, top five running back in your lineup. You don't set. Uh, you don't even hesitate there against the Patriots. Right. He'll destroy our linebacking core. No doubt about that. David Montgomery, another guy returning from the IR, potentially as early as this week. The hope is that he gets at least a little burn on Monday night football, according to reporters. Nagy did suggest that my, my, Montgomery, when he's back and ready, will get the bulk of carries when activated. So certainly that makes Khalil Herbert, who's been crushing it, as we all know, yeah, a yeah. bit riskier, uh, especially because this is on Monday night football. We don't know who is in and who is out in. That makes that streamer a potential liability this week. Elijah Mitchell, and this makes me cringe given the injuries I'm already dealing with. <clears throat> Having rib issues, he's expected to participate in Thursday's practice. He was a DMP on Wednesday. A little bit risky, but again, as we talked about on Monday, Truth, 81% of carries in his four starts. I mean, the guy is locked and loaded if he's on the field. Let's see if he makes it on the field. Clyde Rizalaire has not yet been designated for a return. We talked about a few who have. He has not quite yet, so this thing could be lingering. You're going to get another week at least of the mentor, Daryl Williams, and then Frank Gore's grandson. Is that who this is? Derek Gore scoring a touchdown on Monday Night Football? I don't know who the fuck that guy is, but apparently he could be potentially streamable with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire not returning yet this week. He nibbled at Daryl Williams' cheese, and I was pissed. But at the end of the day, Daryl Williams ended up with like 17 or 18 fantasy points. Anyway, they were not guarding him out of the backfield at all. It's like the Chiefs pretty much were going home run ball, home run ball, or six-yard pass to Daryl Williams. And exactly. they, ju they just weren't guarding that at all. And so as a Williams owner, I mean, I've actually had a good day with him.
Yeah, I had a league net where I needed four points from Daryl Williams, and I was shitting my pants in the first half when, like, Derek Gore had that drive of, like, six straight carries, then the touchdown. I was like, oh, my God. What happened to Daryl Williams? I mean, he's on the bench. He's not even playing. As you said, he came in and ultimately played, like, 75% of the snaps, all the routes run, yeah. like, six targets. Had a fine day. Had a good day, to be honest. Yeah. But ultimately, it was quite a heart attack in that first Yeah, half. me too. I needed him to do well, too. And uh, <laughs> I, obviously, early in the second half, I felt fine. Uh, exactly. James Robinson, heel issue. Uh, he did not practice for the second straight day on Thursday. You know, they said they kept saying, oh, he uh, avoided a significant injury and all that stuff. But it seems like there's something there. It really does seem like it. Ultimately, Carlos Hyde saw about 80 percent of the work in his absence. Eight of the 12 running back targets went his way. That's a good hefty workload. But now he's facing the Bills, the hardest matchup for running backs, quarterbacks. I mean, the Bills defense has been lights out against every position. I You'd have to be pretty desperate to go to Carlos Hyde, but it's volume-based stream if you need him. We don't have Latavius Murray practicing on Thursday. I don't know. This backfield is so gross. Like, Freeman's getting the touchdowns. Bell's getting the most carries. Tyson Williams is looking the best but sitting on the bench. It's kind of an avoid. And, again, unless you're completely desperate, uh, the Vikings are a mediocre matchup. So you could find some value there. Closing out on the running backs, uh, Titans offensive coordinator Todd Downing said he would, and I love this, there's two quotes in this in this banner. <laughs> he would be, quote-unquote, doing the offense a disservice if he, quote-unquote, jerked the wheel on their first <laughs> run identity without Derrick Henry, foot surgery. I mean, maybe. I don't know. It depends how good your running back is, right? And Adrian Peterson at age 36, you can't get your foot off that gas pedal. Like, let's not turn our – let's not jerk the wheel over to A.J. Brown, yeah. one of the best young receivers in the game. Let's keep our foot on the gas with 36-year-old Adrian Peterson. And that's why I think that guy could actually be a viable stream this week, whether it's him, McNichols, and I guess it's AP. That's the guy I've been banking my flag in all, all week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of crazy for him to come in out and say that. I imagine when, like, AP gets stuffed for, like, six carries and five yards, they'll end up turning. They might jerk the wheel. Yeah, he, he might jerk that wheel a little bit. <laughs> on wide receivers, Mary Kay Cabot reporting Odell Beckham has been excused for practice for the second straight day on Thursday. This seems fun. Odell's dad tweeting out videos oh my of God. him running wide open and Baker not throwing it to him. That, and, that's helpful, right? I don't know if you watched the video, Nat. He's kind of right. Like, he, he's, no, he's wide a, open. He's Did right. you see he's the video? Open. Yeah, I did see the video. And Classic. You know, you could you could say, hey, this is a conspiracy, or you could just say, like, which yeah, I mean, we've probably, seen Mayfield yeah. make enough bad reads where that doesn't seem impossible, right? I, I think that's what it is, but certainly this is not helping the locker no. room. And just adding REM, everybody hurts to the background. It's like all the much better. Good good editing from Odell Peckham Sr. Yeah, Love the play. Uh, ultimately, this is going to really help Jarvis Landry. We'll talk about that when we get to higher, lower, Hail Mary. C.D. Lamb, ankle injury. He did not participate in Thursday's practice. You know anything more than that? No, it was reported at first that he got limited, but ultimately did not suit up. This is a concern. Uh, Thursday night, like he did practice on Wednesday, so a midweek downgrade never looks good. My guess is he's going to play, but certainly now something you have to monitor moving forward, and Amari Cooper would be a smash play should CD Lamb sit. Devontae Adams has officially been activated. He was kind of dragging his feet. Owners were wondering, am I going to have this guy or not? You will. And even with the Jordan Love experiment, I have my number two wide receiver. He's that good, and he means that much to this offense. I'm not worried. Devontae Adams won half of that deadly Packers COVID stack. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre <laughs> it's killing Hop me these last two weeks, Nat. It's fucking I killing me. I know. DeAndre Hopkins still dealing with a hamstring issue, and he remained sidelines for Thursday's practice as well. What? How do you feel about the season DeAndre Hopkins has had? Man, it's weird because like I, it feels like he's not doing well. It feels he's like had he's had his sad. moments though, right? Like there's been moments where you've been like, oh yeah, he's like the best receiver in football. But like 
overall not that great, right? No, it doesn't feel great. You look at the final output. I mean, 17, 18, it, like last week, I think left a lot of bad taste in people's mouths with the hamstring flared up. He was on the sideline. He still had like 66 yards. He still had some big plays. So he's making big plays. He's catching touchdowns. Hasn't topped, uh, you know, 80 yard jet on. I think he's 84 is a season high. Really? So it's just not like the target hog. I mean, he, remember those days in Houston where he'd get like 15 targets a game. That was beautiful. And he would dominate with them. They just don't need to do that here, but he's still doing enough to like be a pretty much a lineup lock anytime he's out there. But the rest of the season, big board, he's definitely fallen below guys like Jamar Chase and you know some of these. Obviously, Cooper. Oh, sure. That goes without saying. He's above everybody at this point. Uh, Yeah, it's it's definitely not a DeAndre Hopkins of the Texans, but still a a good enough offense that he's routinely is doing what he needs to do. Is he a top ten wide receiver? Yeah, uh, this week I think I have him at 12 just because I was going to say I have, I have him maybe a little bit out of the top 10 at this point, which kills me because you know me. I love that guy. Yeah, I mean, he's your, you've, you've been on record a few times saying you think he's the best receiver in the NFL, right? Not not like in the last couple of years you haven't heard me say that. But yeah, yeah there was definitely a time that I thought that he was or at least was decept- certainly in the discussion. Yeah, yeah. And Sterling- he deserved to be so. <laughs> yeah. Sterling Shepard, quad injury. He didn't practice on Thursday. And if we want to stick with that same squad of juggernaut receivers, Kenny Galladay did come back to practice Thursday. So in one, out the other. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I wouldn't trust Galladay, even if he plays. My guess is he doesn't suit up. But that will impact Kadarius Toney and his targets. And he's one of the guys I'm much higher on, as we'll talk about later. So keep a note of that. Cole Beasley did not practice for a second consecutive day. Uh, Early speculation was that his veterans rest. But then Thursday, having that second day off is certainly telling that this could be legitimate. Against the Jaguars secondary, I mean, this could be a big move. This guy, Cole Beasley, has seen 22 targets with Dawson Knox out. If Knox and Cole Beasley both sit, I think we can feel much more comfortable. We're probably going back to Sanders anyways, despite the goose egg. They're facing Jacksonville. We almost have to. But you could feel a whole lot better about him. And I think Diggs would be a candidate for like 35 points this week. Uh, speaking of guys who are easily in the yeah. top 10 and probably top five receivers, Debo yeah. Samuel dealing with a calf issue was on a stationary bike to begin Niners practice on Thursday. He was a DNP on Wednesday. We know he's had injury issues in the past. He's been avoiding that so far this year and he's produced massive, massive fantasy numbers. How worried are you about him missing the game this week? I don't think I'm too worried. Last week he was having this calf thing pop up. He was limited in practice throughout the week and he went off for 171 yards and looked unbelievable. I, I'm not too concerned until he misses time, but we do know Debo has a pretty extensive injury history. I've seen Ayuk dropped in a ton of leagues, and understandably yeah, so. Yeah, sure. But uh, <laughs> where you own Debo Samuel, or if you don't and you want like a, a quote-unquote handcuff, I think Ayuk makes sense to – he should be on rosters. He has so much upside should anything happen to Debo Samuel. And then you got George Kittle potentially coming back. It might be time to sell high. If you can get like a huge haul for Debo Samuel, I'm not saying I want to sell him. I, I love the guy. I love the player. I have him in quite a few leagues. I'm very pleased with him. But I'm tossing out some feelers to see what I could get for him. We'll find out. Sammy Watkins did return to practice, although the reports are they might be just getting him ready for week 10 and he could miss the game. This would only really impact, you know, Marquise Brown's the number one there. Rashad Bateman, though, one of my favorite streams, should Sammy Watkins sit. And I probably still like Bateman even if he plays, but that could muddy up the waters there for him. All right, getting into tight ends, just a couple. Eric Ebron, hamstring issue. He did not practice on Thursday. Uh, Now, the blow of that lesson by the fact that we all love Pat Fryermuth around here, right? 
Oh, yeah. Local boy, Pantucket High. Love it. Love Pat Fryermuth. That highlight touchdown last What a week. great catch that was, huh? Unbelievable. Maybe top five catches of the year so far. I love it. Teach with his parents. Pretty cool. Uh, small, small fact there. And just the guy, every time he produces, gets the targets, he produces Pat Fry. So without Eric Ebron in the lineup, it's looking like he's trending towards out again. I think Pat Fry is right there in your top 12 or so tight ends. A very viable streamer, especially if you're without Dawson Knox yet again, who did not practice on Wednesday. We haven't seen any updates yet on Thursday. He's been labeled day-to-day. It seems like he's trending towards out. Keep your monitor on that because I think he's still, even with these last two weeks being out, is number two in touchdowns from hung tight ends. I mean, that's how good this guy was before going down. Certainly should be in your lineups if he does end up playing. All right. We're going to get into our higher, lower Hail Marys at 730 exactly. Obviously, we're going to try to be done with this by kickoff. We want to answer everything in the mailbag. Give us a quick like as we transition into the quarterback position for higher, low uh, Hail Mary helps us get out to more people. And ultimately, hey, that's what we all want, right? Yeah, only 27 questions so far. Again, like don't, and people came in mid to the show last time. We're like, are you going to answer? Of course, we're going to answer. That's what we kind of butter our bread with is answering all your questions, being the most interactive show out there. Uh, so please get that mailbag driven up, get the likes up, share it on out. We'll rip through this in about 15, max 20 minutes, get through all these positions for you guys. And then we'll be answering everything. They'll kick off and we'll get to it all. Thank you guys again. <laughs> Didn't somebody uh, blast you on one of the social media sites because you said something and you were and and they were like you're wrong every week <laughs> or something. Like thanks for that. being here every week. We appreciate I know. It. <laughs> thanks, thanks for reading us every week. Yeah, hopefully, exactly. hopefully we're. By the way, you're not wrong every week. No, not um, even close. Of course, I'm going to miss a handful every week. Like you can't bat a hundred, but yeah, like come on, guys, get the fuck out. <laughs> All right, QBs. Uh, guy you're higher on, you mentioned him earlier, Taysom Hill. He's going against the Falcons, which I'm sure is the bulk of the reason why you like him more than the experts do. You got him as your QB9. That's a whopping seven spots above the experts. That's big. Last couple of weeks, we've had to settle for guys that were like two different than the experts. This is a pretty big discrepancy. Yeah, I'm going right back to the well after last year. We saw QB6 across his four starts against Atlanta. A lot of those points came against that team with 27 and 28 points against them. And this defense hasn't gotten any better. They're still giving up the third most points to the position. I think Taysom Hill, assuming he's in. Now, we don't know quite yet. He did practice in full, but then there be his Nick Underhill, our favorite guy, has been saying they're being coy. Like Trevor Simeon's working in with the ones, Taysom Hill, and then they, they don't really get a whole view of like the team portions of practice. So we don't know necessarily what their plans are going to be. And knowing Sean Payton's history, he's not going to really let us in on there. So I ultimately... Love the guy, assuming he's starting. If not, we definitely have some streamers. We already talked about the top, and we're going to get to in a little bit. But again, that Konami upside is just so damn real. He had over 35 rushing yards in every start last year. Plenty of rushing touchdowns. And he completed 70% of his passes. It's like Jalen Hurts, but more accurate. I like Taysom Hill a ton this week. You're lower on Kirk Cousins. He who at least owns his anti-vax uh, status out loud. So we give him props for that. Kirk Cousins going at Baltimore. Uh, you like him at 17. The experts like him at 10. That's enough. Yeah, some big waves this week on the QBs. As you were saying, it's been pretty steady, pretty efficient ranking by the ECR. But I think there's some big mistakes this week, as you guys can see. And the big grudge against Kirk Cousins isn't that he can't get it done, but he hasn't been lately. 11, 14, 29. So he did have a QB2 game against Carolina. And then 13, QB 27, 21, 2, and 21. So 17 is generous compared to what he's been doing these past few weeks. We do have, ultimately, 
Um, you know, a Baltimore team that is better against the, the pass than the run. They're not a great defense this year, but they have limited QBs to the 16th most points, whereas they're giving up the eighth most two wide receivers. So I, I, I mean, not to running backs rather. So I think Dalvin Cook, ground heavy game plan coming into this one. I think Kirk Cousins, who has been really limited these last few weeks, I don't see a big game coming. 184 yards last time out. I don't know. I'm not, I, I'm not buying this guy this week. No. I don't. I haven't bought him all year. I don't buy the Vikings in general, but we'll see. They could still sneak into the playoffs, though. Of course they could. Yeah. Uh, Hail Mary, Tyrod Taylor. We talked quite a bit about him already. He's only six percent rostered. He's playing the Dolphins this week. Uh, QB thirteen for you. That's solid. Experts actually have him at twenty-four. Yeah, a whole eleven spots above the ECR. But the guy, as we we talked about at the top of the stream, twenty-four points and then seventeen and a half had some real showed like a, just a glove-like fit for this offense. And then let's talk about the matchup just a little bit more than we already did. Since week five, Miami's allowed on average three hundred and thirty-nine passing yards and two and a half touchdowns per game. That's a great matchup. That's the most fantasy points allowed in that span. On the year, they're giving up the third most points in the year. You got the matchup. You got the productivity so far this year. I think Tyrod walks right back in. And again, QB24, I think that's a joke. I think he's going to be a fringe top 12 guy, especially because I think Tua can do some damage on the other side of the ball. And this one makes sneaky shootout. I really like this one. Must watch, and I agree with all three of these. Jordan Love is a fill-in. Definitely interested in that. Mike White, round two. We talked a bunch about that already. And Kyler Murray's health. Always interesting because when Kyler plays, the league is just much more interesting. Wouldn't it be awesome if Jordan Love comes out and throws like five touchdowns and suddenly it's yes, bye bye Rogers? Like <laughs> I would love nothing more. I know they're not going to bench him, even if Jordan Love has a great day, but that would just fuel the fire all all the rest of the year, all off season. I want him to walk in. It'd be kind of almost like there was one game where. Rodgers came in when Favre was still killing it, but he missed a Thursday night game. And Rodgers came in and had like five touchdowns. And then it became the whole media circus. I, that's what I want. Because fuck Rodgers, screw the Packers. Like, I don't care. I don't know if BK's here. Sorry if you are. I love you, BK. But ultimately, I would love nothing more than watch Jordan Love walk in and just destroy it. As we talk about Mike White, can he go for 400 again? Probably not, but would love to see it. Then Kyler Murray. Is he healthy or is he not? Because it is, as we talked about, night and day in terms of fantasy production. When this guy is running and mobile and making plays with the legs, and when he's not, that's a huge must-watch because he has not looked healthy these last couple of weeks. Running backs, guy you're higher on, Josh Jacobs. Didn't hear, think I would hear that this uh, well right? this life, lifetime. Um, <laughs> going against the Giants, you got him as your RB13, four above the experts. Also, you like Devontae Booker in that same game going against Vegas. He's your RB24 above the experts. And Adrian Peterson, or the corpse of Adrian Peterson, uh, <laughs> you got him nine spots above the experts. I'm not exactly sure where you ranked him, but I guess you like him more than they do. Yeah, tw I think I have him at 25, which is right on the cusp of pretty much every single lineup at this point. Uh, let's start at the top, though, with the guys I genuinely hope to have in lineups. I, I actually like Josh Jacobs. I know, as you said, this is a guy I typically don't buy, and he doesn't catch many passes. It's not someone I like to target for the most spot, but the Giants, 11th most points to running backs. And you look at Jacobs and what he's been doing this year. Every game he's played, he's had a score other than one. So five or six games, he's found the end zone. Why would that not continue against a bad Giants defense? He's going to find the end zone at least once and then maybe twice. It's been pretty like mediocre running back 15, 15, 21, but then nine when he found the actual end zone that week. So I do think there's some actual upside here. I know Kenyon Drake's been getting more and more involved, and Jacobs is actually banging that drum. Let's keep getting Drake involved. It's my, my old guy over there at Alabama. So I, I do think this remains a little more of a committee than we would love, but I think the end zone, the nose for the end zone, I mean, 
last time Jacobs was on the field, he only played a quarter and he had 14 fantasy points. Then he got knocked out. I really think this guy is, I've always liked the player. I just always hated the usage, but I think he's a good bet for 15 or so touches, a touchdown as well. And then on the other side of the ball, speaking of usage, I mean, there's very few backs seeing the usage of Devontae Booker, who's ranked top 12 in expected fantasy points per game due to 16, 12, 14, 15 carries since Barkley went down. Also seeing four, four, three, and six targets over that span. The the points have been okay, 19, 9, 14, and 15 in half PPR leagues. I, I, it's just steady. It's just nice, steady. And the Raiders are even easier against running backs. They're the 10th most points allowed, nearly a touchdown per game allowed to backs. And we've talked, I, I feel like I'm always higher on Booker every single week because I have to just keep reiterating the stat. Every time he's seen 12 or more carries, he's averaging nearly 20 fantasy points per game, almost a touchdown per game in those spans. Uh, so yeah, I really like Devontae Booker. AP's just a bet on the end zone. I think as we talked about, no jerking of the wheel. AP might not give him a reason to. I feel like this guy always impresses when everyone's doubting him. I don't get why the Raiders went to like four different old corpses before him. I think he's going to stick it to the league. Uh, he's certainly not going to be Henry, but again, with 28.7 carries per game, that's what they want to try to maintain. Again, you can't maintain it without Henry, but if they have 25 or so carries, I imagine at least 15 of those go to AP. Certainly all the red zone work. I think he's fine in the end zone. The Rams, a great defense, but actually 15th most points allowed to running backs right there. smack dab in the middle. Not that scary of a run D. I think he finds the end zone. Uh, and if you picked him up in the waivers, I think you can get him right into your lineups. Running back to your lower on Alvin Kamara going against the Falcons. You got him as your RB six. That's four below the experts. They really have him right up at the top. Also Khalil Herbert, who we both like at Pittsburgh, RB 22. That's seven below the experts. And Mike Davis, what's the point? Um, going against the Saints, RB 37, five below the experts. I, I know you're saying, what's the point? I've gotten weirdly a, a high amount of Mike Davis questions in my DMs this week, so I had to put him on there. We'll start at the top. You're playing Kamar. This isn't me saying you bench Kamar, but I do want to give you the reminder. Should Taysom Hill be the starter, this guy at went from 28 points per game with Drew Brees to 14 points per game, literally cut in half with Taysom Hill. That's because he went from seven and a half receptions to two and a half receptions, literally Divide by three in terms of reception share. The targets got crushed. I don't know why. I hope they fix that issue this year. They, they certainly could. It's not like last year has to be repeated, but it just needs to be noted. And that's why I'm not ranking him at number two ahead of guys like Austin Eckler, uh, and people that I know they have this locked in workload. I'm a little bit nervous about uh, him moving forward. And I also think Mark Ingram is going to have more of a role than people are recognizing Khalil Herbert just is partly because David Montgomery is expected to be active. They there's talk of him just walking right back into the future workload. That would hurt because Herbert's been impressive, but a ton of his value has been the fact that he's seen 85% of the touches, 85% of the snaps. Like he's been the every down back and he kind of started to fizzle a little bit last week. Now he gets a Steelers team that is limiting running backs to the fourth fewest points. If Montgomery's back, that's a mixed backfield in the fourth hardest matchup. No thank you at all. And even if Montgomery is not, just the fact that we've seen him starting to taper off a little bit. And to me, the the why reason he's lower is it's not worth it to me to wait to Monday Night Football unless you're really desperate, uh, in which case then, okay, shit. And uh, is that – who else do I have lower? Uh Oh, Mike Davis. Like I said, I'm getting a lot of questions about him. A lot of people speculating because uh, – you know, Calvin Ridley's out that now Corderell's going to be out wide more. And now we're going to see more work for Mike Davis. I mean, he did end up playing over 60% of snaps. That's the highest he had seen over the last couple of weeks, saw some touches, but he's facing New Orleans on a team that 
I don't think is going to do anything. They had, I think, 150 total yards of offense last week against Carolina. I think New Orleans defense is even better. That One of my favorite defensive streamers of the week is absolutely New Orleans. I think they're going to swallow up this offense. This would be, you put Mike Davis in and you get a point. We saw that happen just a couple weeks ago. This is a one-point week for Mike Davis. Please stop asking me questions about him. Hail Mary, Mark Ingram going against those same Falcons. You're really peppering that game for higher, lower, and everything in between. Yeah, right. Um, going against the Falcons, you got him as your RB30. That's 10 above the experts. Also, you kind of sneaky like Rex Burkhead, 1% owned Rex Burkhead going against Miami. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what I'm trying to do with these Hail Marys is be like, the first one's going to be available in, in 50% or more of leagues. The last one's going to be available in pretty much every league. I want a guy that I think can actually genuinely be decent. And I do think Ingram can be that. Uh, he saw eight touches his first game back, looked nice and juicy, was running with some bursts. And I think he's going to have that Latavius Murray role that we saw start to thrive when Taysom Hill took over. I think he only gets more and more involved now that he's back. I would see 12-ish touches, especially if they get up big early. Pencil him for 15 against a bad uh, ninth most points allowed to running backs in terms of Falcons. I think he's a good bet for the end zone this week. So if you picked him up, he's still out there and, and he's only 35% rostered right now. Ingram, a, a really nice play. But yeah, if you're desperate, it doesn't get much more desperate than Rex fucking Burkhead. But I now I have this weird radar for Rex Burkhead. It happens once a year. It happened last year. I was just like, I don't know why my, my Rex Burkhead senses are tingling. He had two touchdowns that week. For some reason, this this week, it seems to me like it's going to be the Rex Burkhead week. He had the most snaps, most touches among Houston backfield last week, and we already talked about how much better this offense is when they have Tyrod Taylor. Miami's given up the fifth most points to the position. I think this game does go back and forth, and they seem to like the versatility that Burkhead. We saw eight touches go to Burkhead last week and only three go to David Johnson. To me, it seems like he might be the featured back, I, I'm telling you, I think this is going to be a one to two touchdown week for Burkhead. And next week, everyone, he's going to be that like two to three on the waiver wire pickups. If you're desperate and you need a, just a complete Hail Mary, I think this is the Burkhead week. My Burkhead senses are tingling, baby. I think so. It's kind of like Spidey senses, but just what, <laughs> what, what if you were somehow granted a superpower? Like, you know, you, you know, he got bit by a radioactive spider. Imagine you got like bit by an insect of some kind and it made it so like you tingled a little bit when Rex Burkhead was going to have like a pretty good fantasy week. What a power. What a, what a <laughs> shitty power that would be to get. Oh like, my God. The worst type of superpower. No, it's like, oh, Burkhead's going to run for 80 yards this week. Great. I, the one reason that, that superpower was actually decent, Matt, last year I tweeted about it. I said, I don't know why I feel like Burkhead's going to have a big one. Like I said, he had two touchdowns. A guy in Daily Fantasy and DraftKings played Burkhead on my tweet. He ended up winning like 5000 bucks. He tossed me a quick like $50 tip suite. That, that's all, like that's somebody awesome. Somebody benefited from it. I should have. I, I don't it know It would why still be better to be able to like swing uh, from spider webs like between I think that'd be a little – yeah. Rex Burkhead. Uh, big, uh, right? yeah. <laughs> this week we could do a whole that's episode just, just about this. Um, <laughs> all right, must watch. Eagles running backs now they're not against Detroit. I mean, yeah, I would like to know that too. Titans running backs, we've talked about that. I mean, put life post Derrick Henry. I'm very curious to see how that goes. And, of course, the running back, uh, Taysom Hill's impact on the New Orleans running backs. Yeah, I like to try to keep the must-watch different from the guys I've talked about. But really this week, these are the big stories. The Eagles are, I haven't talked about yet, but we saw 12, 13, and 12 carries 
pretty evenly distributed. I wonder if they continue to have this massive ground pie suddenly out of nowhere. Of course, when Miles Sanders goes in the IR, pie running back, where he couldn't see five carries, now they suddenly handing out 12 to every running back that's ever existed. Don't know why, don't know how, but we did see Boston Scott get 15 of the first running back touches. Uh, he seems like he is the guy. I, I have no problems getting him in my lineups at all against the Chargers team giving up the fifth most points. That's how they're going to beat this team if they have any shot. They don't. They don't have a shot, but they're going to try. And I would like to see, do they remain as run heavy? Is Boston Scott as heavily involved? Does Gainwell have any type of reason to be rostered at this point? One of the most important backfields to monitor, in my opinion. Of course, the Titans, post-Henry world. We'll talk about them in wide receivers. Just what is this offense going to be without Henry? He's such a centerpiece, a pillar of what they do. Is it going to be Peterson seeing 20 carries? Is McNichols going to see a ton of catches? I have no idea. And is Taysom still going to be a dick to Alvin Kamara? That's intriguing to find out for sure. Let's find out. All right, it's quarter to eight. We're going on to wide receivers. And, and I see you got like four guys on every uh, every one oh, of these right. categories for wide receivers. So we're going to have to buzz through these. Wide receivers were higher on. Marquise Brown has had a pretty damn good year. Going against Minnesota, wide receiver 12, five above the experts. Kadarius Toney against Vegas. Wide receiver 25, seven above the experts. And Jarvis Landry at 26, also seven spots above the experts. Yeah, Marquise Brown is fifth in terms of expected fantasy points per game. Our guy Jackson doing a great series on there. He's had, he should have had 19 or more PPR points in every game except one. But he had those three drops. We continue to reemphasize that. Now, that would have been his best game of the year. So he's really had one dud against a Chargers team that's been the second hardest team matchup for receivers in particular, really taking out deep threats. Otherwise, this guy has been unbelievable. He's off 14 targets last week. If you had any questions about how involved he is in this offense, Minnesota, not a hard matchup at all. They're top 10 in terms of points allowed to wide receivers. We just saw Cooper and CeeDee Lamb both go for 100 on them. I think this is a just yet another 10-target, 100-yard, at least one touchdown, if not two. He's also only 6K on DraftKings. You got to be kidding me. I think that's an absolute smash play uh, there. 15th price receiver. I think he's a joke play at that point. I love Kadarius Tony. We've talked about him a million times. I think he is the league winner of the stretch run that was available on waiver wires. He's going to go down as the best pickup. But most importantly is the fact that Sterling Shepard is out. When he was out last time, Tony took over the slot role. That is what Daniel Jones loves. He had 189 yards, Kadarius Tony, the last time he dominated in the slot. Otherwise, he's been moving out wide when Shepard's been out there. But we talked about the injuries. Shepard is not expected to play here with the quad injury. I think Tony roasts in that slot. And then Jarvis Landry. Last last year, he had seven games with Odell, eight games without him. In the games with Odell, he had nine points per game. In the games without Odell, he had 14 points per game. That's a huge jump up. Certainly as a uh, red, red zone threat, he had six touchdowns compared to zero touchdowns when Odell was out there. They seem to like force feed a couple looks to Odell that just don't work out every week because Baker hates him. And we saw the video as we've talked about it. Yeah, there's proof. Times. But video proof. Exactly. You know, two, two and a half more catches per game. Just everything leaps up without Odell. It makes sense. But I just think Jarvis Landry and a good matchup against the Bengals. We just saw how Jar, J, freaking Jamison Crowder and Keelan Cole and Mike White go crazy underneath against the Cincy team. Jarvis Landry could have 15 catches. I, I really like this guy. I'm, I'm pumped to have him in my lineups this week. Guys, you're lower on DJ Moore at the Falcons. Man, you love that game for whatever reason. Wide receiver 21, 10 spots below the experts. You also don't like Cortland Sutton as much as they do going at the Cowboys. Wide receiver 28, six below the experts. And then Devontae Smith playing the Chargers. You got him at 37. The experts have him at 30. DJ Moore is ranked ahead of right now. 
DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Michael Pittman, among far That's more stupid. others that he should not even be in a conversation with. That's stupid. Do we need a reminder? I know he started the season super hot. That was sexy. I liked it too. We all did. Six, eight, ten, and eight across his last four games. This isn't, it's not coming back. Darnold sucks. And even if Darnold gets benched, PJ Walker is just as bad. They get a New England team that's actually pretty good. Yeah, how's he supposed to score these points that they think he's going to score? I I don't know how he's ranked this high. I don't get it. Every This is the easiest. I put him on my lower every week, and I know it seems like cheating, but I win every single time I do it. There's been one time this guy's proven me wrong all year, and and it's not going to happen this week. You did it last year too, didn't you? Yeah, it's I, it's as it's because he's so talented. I'm not saying he's not. I love the guy, but right, but he's, he's so, so high on the list. It's easy for you to go below because oh, people see the talent. Exactly, I see the talent. I just don't see the usage. And I don't see the role. Cortland Sutton against Dallas, four targets last week. Four for Judy. Three for Tim. Titty Bridgewater cannot sustain four multiple receivers. I think Trayvon Diggs goes on Sutton. We've seen Dallas be erasing to number one receivers, and then one of the most generous teams to number two. This is me banking on Diggs going to Sutton and not Judy. I do think Judy down the stretch is the number one, but we will see here. And Devonta Smith, speaking of guys that are just overrated on their talent, lest we forget he has fucking Jalen Hurts throwing him the rock, who, if you haven't noticed, sucks as a passer. I know he's a good fantasy quarterback, but he blows as a passer. We we have four, nine, and two points for Devonta Smith across his last three. 11 was the one before that. It seemed like he was finally hitting a groove. He sure hasn't because Jalen Hurts – Cannot throw a football. I have no interest in Devonta Smith this week. All right. Hail Mary's Van Jefferson. I wonder if he's even a Hail Mary anymore. Uh, going against Tennessee, well, 30%. 30% rostered. So he yeah. is, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like he's somewhere between Hail Mary and like a guy you just definitely have. And I, I feel like 30% is about right for there. I mean, it's like it's been a slow burn. People kind of recognizing that this guy, like the Rams are so good, they could maybe have three receivers that are viable. Um, he's 30% rostered. You also think Rashad Bateman, who's also kind of been like a slow creep up burn going against Minnesota, 35% rostered. And then if you want a real shot in the dark, Jamal Agnew, who you actually mentioned last week, he was only 1% owned last week. I think he's 5% owned now. Um, and then Russell Gage, Russell Gage sighting at New Orleans, 14% rostered. Yeah, similar, as I said, to the running backs. I do want to give a couple guys that are under 50% rostered but still might be rolling in your league. Van Jefferson at the top there. Tennessee, most points allowed to wide receivers. Van Jefferson, every time he's seen six or more targets, six points the first time he did, then 18, 12, and 10 across the last three games where we saw six or more targets. If you haven't seen it yet, Deshaun Jackson was released. Uh, their their second-round receiver, Tutu Atwell's on the IR. It is just three wide receivers left there, folks. And Van Jefferson has run more, just as many routes or more than Cooper Cup and Robert Woods these past couple of weeks. He is their de facto wow. deep threat against a Tennessee team that is getting bled with deep plays. I think Van Jefferson is a beautiful play. And even if you don't play him this week, should something ever happen to Cup or Woods, I'm, I hope it never does, especially to no, Cup. Yeah, like, please, my no. God, what a pace that guy's on. But if it ever did, this is like the ultimate handcuff with benefits at the wide receiver position. And then Bateman, six targets across both of his first games, an 18% target share. Maybe Watkins is back, but we already talked about Minnesota giving up uh, the top 10 in terms of points allowed to wide receivers. I think this game has shootout potential, and if it hits there – Maybe Kirk Cousins can't sustain that. I don't know. We'll see. But I do think uh, Rashad Bateman, they're averaging far more pass attempts than they ever have in the Lamar Jackson era. Uh, I, I do think they've they become literally a pass-first team. I think Bateman could easily be in your lineups this week. If you need him, I'm starting him this week. So join the train with me if you'd like to. 
And then in terms of guys that are more out there, Russell Gage has to bank on like who's going to be the guy without Calvin Ridley. So far, it's been Tajay Sharp, actually. But I do think Russell wow. Gage, he has more of a history of production than Tajay Sharp. Uh, I, I'm banking on Russell Gage getting it together despite the goose egg last week. If you need a desperation thing, only 14% rostered. I do like him. Uh, and then last but not least, Jamal Agnew, 12 targets last week, team high. They're calling him their best separator. Trevor Lawrence is talking about how he trusts him more than anybody on the team. I do like Jamal Agnew as a player. They're kind of turning him into their Cordell Patterson multi-purpose type of guy. All right. Must watch A.J. Brown show in Tennessee. Yep. Also the rapport with Devontae Adams with Jordan Love, if there is one. And any wide receiver is going to step up in the wake of, I mean, you know what happened. This nut driving wow. 160 miles an hour at 3 a.m. Hammered, killed somebody. Um, and, you know, fantasy-wise, we'll see what happens as far as, like, the rest of that receiving core. But just on a separate note, what a fucking asshole. Piece of shit. Yeah, Sorry. I mean, these guys just think they're invincible sometimes. Like, fuck that. Stupid. So how do you, you have that much money, like, and you can't fucking – Call an Uber, dude. Driver. Like, you're, you're racing. It's fucking douche. Uh, but, yeah, it, the A.J. Brown report is just, again – one of the most overarching storylines is what does this offense look like without Derrick Henry, the one of the biggest pillars in the NFL. Adams, can he get it done with Jordan Love? I sure think he can. He's gotten it done with far less than Jordan Love in the past. I'm just very intrigued to see how Love looks and what he does to Jordan, uh, to Devontae Adams. And then, yeah, is there somebody that's going to step up? This will trickle down to our tight end must-watch as well. Does Darren Waller get a, a bevy? It was only about five targets per game, so I don't know that it ultimately matters that much. But it is five targets a game. Maybe Brian Edwards, this is what he needs to ultimately ascend and hit that that T.O. Randy Moss comparison ceiling that everybody's just decided to throw it on him. I don't know. But it is intriguing to see what do the Raiders become without uh, Henry Ruggs there. All right. It's only five minutes. It's five minutes to eight. We got to blow through these tight ends because we uh, sure I, don't, I don't know what the mailbag's looking like. But uh, we got we, 53, uh, baby. I, okay. I think people now are going to have, go. have some Mike Davis questions. Or not Mike Davis. Uh, Mike <laughs> White questions. Uh that we want to make sure we get to um, tight ends. You're higher on Mike Gusecki. He's going against the Texans. So why not tight end three, three spots above the experts. The most touchdowns allowed to tight ends, top three in terms of points allowed at the position. And Mike Gusecki week in and week out, just sees a bevy of volume from uh, two tags, you know, 30% target share on multiple weeks, 25% in all, but like two of his last couple of games. I love Mike Gusecki. I, I would, I think everybody that owns him probably is starting him. 14, 14, 6, 16, 18, and 8. I mean, top 10 in all but one of those last five weeks. Beautiful stuff, and now the easiest matchup he's had all year. He's going to smash. Uh, lower on Tyler Higby, but not much lower. Playing against Tennessee, you got him as your tight end 10. The experts have him at 8. Not that big a deal. It sucks because this is one of the things where the usage is not matching the production. He's getting good red zone volume. He's playing just about every snap in one of the league's most explosive offenses. And yet he has one game above 10 points so far this year. I know. You have him as a tight end. You know I, how frustrating I do been. have him. And the fact that I've been winning anyway has kept me from being as probably as angry about it as I would have been otherwise. I've been keeping him because I have Stafford. And when he does hit, it's awesome because I got them both. But, yeah, I mean, if I'm being objective about it, he hasn't done much at all. He's truly hit once, six, eight, six, seven, and 4 across his last five games. Yeah. Only one top 10 appearance in that. Uh, it's Yeah, it's just like the name and the role in a very good offense has kept this guy locked in the lineups, and I just don't think he has to be a lineup lock for most people. I think I agree. Hail Mary, Tyler Conklin going against Baltimore, 33% owned. You also like Albert O, the Denver tight end. Uh, going against Dallas, only 2% rostered there. So if you want him, you can probably have him. 
Exactly. Conklin might not be out there for you, but Baltimore is giving up the most points to tight ends. They're hemorrhaging nearly 10 targets a game, seven catches a game, and almost 80 yards per game, and a touchdown per game to tight ends. I mean, every single tight end that's faced them has had a big day, whether they're Kelsey, whether they're a no-name. They are just getting destroyed by tight ends. So keep that in mind when you're facing them. They're good against receivers too, so it is a very clear if you're passing against them, you're going to the tight end. That could be Tyler Conklin, who's coming off a 50-yard day. Nothing crazy, but, you know, five catches, 57 yards, like that's something. And against the easiest possible matchup, potentially streamable. But if he is not in, Noah Fant is now on the uh, COVID list. It seems like he's unlikely oh, to play. Geez. Give me all the Alberto. Six foot five, runs like a four six forty, a big streaking beast down the field. I think he's finding the end zone in a solid matchup against Dallas, who's given up the ninth post to ninth most points to tight ends. We know Teddy Bridgewater loves throwing the position. If he's getting all the work, I think Albert O could really surprise people. Finally, Darren Waller is our must-watch with no rugs. Kind of goes without saying. Remember when Darren Waller got 19 targets? And he's seen no more than eight since then. It blows my mind. 19, like 10 of them in the first half. It was like, this guy's going to be better than Kelsey. And maybe he still could because Kelsey isn't doing anything crazy. I want to, I think he's the ultimate by low in fantasy. I agree. I, I, agree. I really think Darren Waller is going to have a second half to remember, and it's going to start this week, and that's why he's my must-watch player. I don't think it, Ruggs is going to be the reason being removed, but it's just another thing that helps catalyst that breakout for him. We made it through them all with one minute overtime, but I don't think we missed anything. <laughs> Had to miss the start of the show. Thanks for all the answers. Of course, dudes. You'll know we love you. Best of luck, Wolfpack. Let's go get everything you need on Thursday Night Football. Get all your, your questions answered later on this weekend at 11 a.m. If we missed you, we didn't miss anything. But if you if you didn't get your question in yet, we'll be live 11 a.m. on Sunday uh, to get all your other remaining sets. Starts, I'm the wolf. I'm the truth. Uh, truth. We've got a couple of last ones. I, I'll do it if you will. All right. I'll do it. Should I AB trade AB for, for Mike Williams? That's that's tough, man. I got them both. Very tough. And I, I like them both. Do you know, do you know, AB? I mean, I know he's missed some games, but he's like the wide receiver six in points per game. I, I would, that's what I was going to say. I think AB, I feel like more confident in his role and his value as long as he's on the field. I think and they will, but the games that AB's busted, like he hasn't played. The games exactly. that Williams has busted, like you've started him and you've he's, gotten screwed. hurt you. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh, but it's non PPR. Yeah. I'd probably go AB. I can't believe uh, And that. Noah Pittman over Cooper. I would have done the same. Uh, I think that's a fine move. I, we don't know. I think CD's going to play, but even, you know, I, I would have had Pittman in tonight. And either way, could you get Cooper back in now if if CD doesn't play? Probably. So yeah, I think you played Pittman tonight. I don't think it's a bad move at all. Best all right. of luck for this week, week nine, Wolfpack. Go enjoy the game. Have some beers with us. Uh, I'm the Wolf. I'm the Truth. A world full of fancy sheep guys. Be the Wolf. RoasterJoe.com. Check out all this stuff. Later, guys. Later. Now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd. And take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go. But at least we stole the show. 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 Straight ahead. Devlin. Second effort. Third effort. Touchdown. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.